Hey guys, welcome back to the Healthy Six podcast with Travis and Kyle. Good job we can crop. Guys, welcome back to the Healthy Six podcast with Travis and Kyle. We are here for episode number seven and we are going to talk all things training. Kyle, welcome back. How was the honeymoon? How are we doing? Yeah, wonderful. Uh, it's a good break. Um, gave me lots of ideas to get back on it now and get back in the flow. Um, so yeah, just a much needed break. Italy is lovely. Highly recommend it. Um, and the pizza was not too bad. I was going to say, how's the pizza? You was training when you yeah. were yeah, I did three days. There was a small gym there. Um, we'll, we'll talk actually about that um, in this this uh, section here. But um, yeah, there was a, a little multi-station, which wasn't very good. Um, but luckily I had a band with me. So the, the trusty red band. If anyone hasn't seen Carl's trusty red band, it's the most minging piece of kit because it must be as old as he <laughs> is. And it just goes everywhere in his rucksack. It's never left his side. Um, but it serves a purpose, right? Training when you're away? Yeah. What yeah, you... get the arms pumped before we go on the beach. Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't train for progression there, did you? It's just no, training for a little no. Yeah, literally get the volume in, get the blood flowing, and then walk out. And again, guys, if you don't follow Kyle, I'll give you his Instagram handle, at PT. He's truly flexed those arms all over the beach, mate. Short shorts, <laughs> vests on, sun's out, guns out, living the dream. So to be fair, talking about guns, it's probably the first time I've ever taken a photo of myself. And I was actually like... I feel all right there, yeah. which is interesting because I've, I've never flexed before like that and felt felt pretty confident. So there was a, a, a bit in that. You were dieting prior to going, right? Yeah. Um, interestingly, um, I thought, obviously, I don't have too many carbohydrates in my diet. Um, I'm more of a protein fats person. I'm not saying carbs are bad, by the way. Um, but out there, I had less protein and quite a lot of carbohydrates um, and filled out quite well. Um, so it was interesting from a glycogen uptake. Uh, that side of it was quite interesting to see physically. So like how nutrition then affected your training and what your body type was because you were kind of forced into using something slightly different. You felt like it made a, a difference to your body, right? So you've been training for what, 10, 10 years, 12 years? Yeah, 10, 10 years properly, probably. So then you've been training for 10 years and that nutrition change has sort of opened your eyes. Do you think you'll change your look or tweak your nutrition on your back or is it straight back to how you were? Or No, nah, I've gone back to how I was. Um, I do, do prefer my protein meals. Um, it was just interesting to see how I filled out more on carbohydrates. Obviously, as you, you drop carbohydrates, you do look a bit flatter. That's getting into the bodybuilding world. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I did, I did feel, feel a bit fuller and I look a bit better, I feel. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting, an interesting experiment as well as an interesting holiday. Yeah, um, indeed, an experiment. Trying pizza and ice cream in Italy is not considered an experiment, but there we go. Um, so guys, we're going to talk about all things training. So that's going to be like what is training versus exercise, how weight training will affect you for weight loss, how it'll affect you physically in terms of your body change from uh, like skeleton to body fat to muscle building to mental health how we always track our training and make sure that we're moving forward, whether we're thinking about purpose versus pleasure, um, how training is different for each person, and then also how we might split our training up. Um, and then we will go from kind of into some questions that we always get. So some frequently asked questions that we always get, but then also some questions that were sent in as well. Um, so I think 
kind of without further ado, we'll get ahead. And if you get any questions on this throughout, um, as always, just drop us a message in the Facebook group, um, which you'll find in both of our links um, on our bio of Instagram, um, the Healthy Six Facebook group, or you can drop us a DM and we will answer those questions as always. So, yeah, we'll get on with it. Training versus exercise. Carl, do you want to take over or? Yeah, let's talk about training versus exercise. So it's a very, I love this this point. Um, so most people go to the gym and exercise. And what we mean by this question is when you're training, there's some intensity to it. There's some meaning behind it. We're training for a purpose. Um, whereas most people just exercise. They turn up and just go through the motions. They, they go to the gym. They do a couple of reps on the machine, go to the next one, do a couple of reps on the machine. And in terms of, yes, it's good you're turning up to the gym. Um, yes, it's good you're in there and getting into the flow. So if you're really starting out, that, that's okay. But when you want to start advancing your body and, and getting the benefits of, of weight training, you do need to be training with some intensity and, and some, um, some, yeah, some intensity. So we need to make sure there's some progression there. So this question is really a really good one. And I, I can imagine you get it quite a lot. You see it quite a lot, Travis, as well, mm. being in the gym. Um, a lot of people sit on the phone. They'll, they'll do a couple of reps. I saw, I'm sure I saw a person the other day actually doing reps on a leg extension machine while holding their phone. And they're literally just going through the motions. I, I, I think it was this weekend on Saturday or something. Um, but yeah, and I, I just sat there and thought, what are you training or are you just going through the motions? So um, yeah, that, that's essentially what we're looking at here is are you going to the gym for a purpose, pushing yourself? Um, or are you just literally going, ticking over and going through the motions and not really progressing, progressing the body? Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? Is if we think about training, we should be thinking training is developmental, training for a purpose. Footballers train in the week to get better at a match. You train for martial arts. You train as a bodybuilder. You're not exercising. So often when we look at training, we're thinking, are we being developmental? Are we being progressive? Are we trying to take... Uh, you from step one to step two to step three exercise is more about kind of maybe burning calories it might be a bore about just doing it for the sake of it walking the dog could be considered exercise it's not developmental it's not progressive but it is exercise going for a run if you're not looking at metrics or trying to push yourself harder or training for an event which is more structured more science then it's kind of just exercise so when we get clients to train I don't know about you Carl but my clients don't diet and exercise they eat and train you eat for yeah. a healthy lifestyle if you like yeah and you train to train your body and change your body so it's about having the sciencey approach it's about having a developmental approach it's about just trying to move yourself from point a to point b and if we're not doing that then we're probably just exercising um and that probably does link closely in and guys if i did a really short form of this as well so head over to my instagram as well um, if you want to just look back at this after for a bit of a reminder, but like weight training for, and we put in quotations, weight loss here, weight training can be really, really beneficial for what we consider weight loss, but really it's fat loss. Now, if we exercise and diet, most of the time you will lose weight because you're going to lose muscle because you're not using your muscle. You're going to lose fat because you're dieting. You're going to lose fat and like water in your body because you're going to cut carbs and your exercise is going to lead to weight loss. But when we're doing it, we're weight or resistance training for fat loss. Now, that's the key. So we always use weight loss because everyone else in the industry goes weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. But really, we always want to be as heavy as we possibly can. 
we hear the jokes about being harder to kidnap or whatever, you know, there's many of them. But realistically, the heavier we are, the more calories we burn at rest. The more calories we burn at rest, the harder it is to gain fat. So that's kind of creating sustainability and longevity to the idea of keeping the fat off. So we try to train and be progressive in resistance training to support that. So how does resistance training help that? Well, the more muscle we build from training, also the more calories we burn from fat loss, the more weight training and resistance training we're doing, the stronger and the fitter, the more uh, kind of like resistant and resilient we're going to be in in day to day, whether it's walking up a mountain, carrying shopping bags. So we're just going to be able to get our body to do things that, you know, maybe it's never done before. And that's going to help you with fat loss. I mean, when we use resistance training, like how do you pitch it to your clients, Kyle, about what, what does resistance training mean for you and fat loss and your clients? How did, because I don't know about you, but you probably sometimes are met with resistance depending on the client that you're taking on about resistance yeah. training. Yeah. So I say we want to, you always want to get someone as strong as possible. So if we think about weight training later in life, like my nan, for example, she started training. The purpose of her weight training is to help with bone mineral density. It's help, help with, not losing muscle tissue, so muscle atrophy. We're trying to prevent that from happening. Now, the only way you're going to do that, it's it's stimulus-based. If you're not giving the body the stimulus, i.e. we're not giving it the load needed, etc., it's going to do what it naturally wants to do, and it's going to waste muscle tissue. So as well as weight loss and fat loss, weight training just for life in general is really good. You want to be as strong as possible for daily movements and things like that. You want to be able to walk up the stairs pain-free. You want to be able to just go and run if you need to go and run for a bus or something and not have problems with your knees and things like that. And having muscle tissue, having strong joints, strong ligaments is going to give you a a better advantage with that. And also if you're running for a bus, if you're strong, you're going to be quicker running for that bus. So it's going to have its advantages as well. Um, So yeah, when I phrase it to clients, I say, we're going to get you strong in the gym. That is what weight training is doing. So what we're doing in the gym isn't actually about dieting. It's something completely different. The weight training in the gym is stimulus-based. We're just getting you strong, getting you to perform well, getting you to, to feel good, right? And then nutrition and movement outside of the gym is going to aid with the fat loss side of it, making sure we're fueling our body purposefully for that. If you're weight training, obviously protein intake is going to be important for muscle tissue. Um, so yeah, it's about the way people view it. Um, which is we can talk about that a bit later on about the with the bulky side of it. Um, okay. Yeah, and is they're they're great points. What about and then so if you're weight training to get strong and you're weight training to build muscle and like you say running for buses and stuff, does resistance training in your world help people with their structure and their posture? Oh, massively. So um, especially people with sedentary jobs, um, I would recommend training weight training just to help with the, the back tissue um a lot of people are very rounded shoulders nowadays we're in a world where we're on our desks on our phone all the time so the muscle tissue at the way our bodies adapt because our bodies are adapting every day to the things we're doing so if you're not giving the body the right stimulus it's just going to go with what's in front of it so a lot of people are hunched over at their desks all the time so posturally their back tissue isn't getting fired up their scaps very rounded and um, their shoulders are very rounded so from a weight training perspective, if you're training back, like things like prone rows, it's going to be really good for helping bring the shoulder blades through and, and getting a better structure for the upper back. Um, so, yeah, it does have a massive, massive impact. Um, so, yeah, training for, for that sort of stuff, posture um, and structurally is really important as well. Muscle imbalances and things like that. So what's really important to note as well when we talk about structure and posture is that everyone's different and 
when we talk about posture and structure, that can be kind of like muscular. So like when Carl was saying that potentially you're a desk worker. Now, what we see when we're a desk worker, like Carl says, is we're going to have some uh, protracted shoulder blades. We're going to be leaned forward, some rounded shoulders, maybe some internal rotation. Um, but also it could be that we've got spinal defects. It could be from birth and that could be uh, like skeletal. So it could be coming from something that we can't adapt. But I know the way Carl and I work is that we do assessments. And the reason is when we train people and we do assessments is to make sure that we're ironing out those issues. So if it is muscular and they do have rounded shoulder blades, can we create exercises in their training program so that we're going to create tone and tenacity in the muscles to pull them into a neutral posture? If it's something that we can't change because it's skeletal, then we will put exercise in that is going to support them so maybe that we're going to take away some pain or we're going to loosen it up or we're going to free it up. Maybe they've got a slightly rounded back at the upper back. So we're going to try and get some more strength and resistance and again, tone and tenacity in the lats to provide that support. And this is why when we're training, we always talk about individual. So if you're the type of, uh, I don't know if you're a PT listening to this and you just give the same people the same exercises over and over again. And I see one client walk in and the third client walk in and the fifth and they're all doing the same exercises you're no longer a personal trainer, you're a trainer. And that's why we need to be making sure that we're looking at our clients. And if you're not a PT, listen to this, and you're a client, and you realize these things are happening, then it's maybe time to take a step back and go, well, what am I actually trying to improve? Are we moving our body? It's individual to you and your training sessions are meant to be for you. And if you're not, then that's when it goes back to exercise. The good thing to remember about this, though, of course, is you can't reinvent the wheel. There's only so many exercises you can do. There's only so much you've got access to. But actually, are you creating developments? Have you looked at your posture? Are you Have you got rounded shoulder blades? Should you be doing rows to straighten up? Like your structure and your posture, again, that's going to give you that resilience. So if you're, I don't know, every single leg day that you do, you're going from squats to leg press to leg extension to everything quad and front focused then you are going to create an imbalance and then running for the bus is going to be that little bit more difficult. Or walking a <laughs> dog is going to be that. And you're just going to fall forward. You need to have that balance. Are your training programs creating balance for you? Because if they're not, then, then what are you doing? Like, because effectively, yeah, you might have the best quads in the gym and you might look fantastic, but if your hamstrings give you no function, it's only going to be so long before you're falling flat over onto your face. So that's, yeah, I think, I think that's a good point in terms of injury prevention. Like, there's, that's also a massive benefit of, of weight. There's so many benefits of weight training. There's a massive mm. list of them. Mm. Um, uh, so, and injuries is one of them. Um, you are making yourself stronger so that your body is able to cope with more force. Um, that, that's structurally what, what the, the, um, the loading structure will do for the body. Um, and like we, we had, a, we spoke about this um, just before we come on about tra- weight training teaches you a lot about life as well. Um, I like to use it as that narrative. You go to the gym, you lift 20 kilo dumbbells, you fail. You then go back, try and lift them again the following week. You might get one set out, but you fail on the second set. And then you just keep going and keep going. And then then you'll get to a point, maybe four months down the line, five months down the line, where you're doing three sets of 10 with those 20s. And now you're moving up to 22 and a half. Mm. That teaches you to never give up. And I think from it, for a lot of people, in terms of that mindset side of things, it will teach them a lot about themselves as well. Um, and it will it will give them some it will help them with their character building as well. So it, it does have its benefits all round. Like I said, it's there's so many. I've, everyone, mm. should, if you're listening to this and not weight training, maybe consider doing something 
some, yeah, some form of it. it. And again, it's not all or nothing and it doesn't have to be 20s to 22.5s. It can be 2.5s to 5s. Like it's not an issue. You just have to start somewhere. But I think it's a good thing as well because obviously the healthy six and we, we are talking about the six pillars of health, which which we've agreed are the six pillars. They're not, I mean, it's not in the dictionary for, for any stretch, maybe one day. But what we talk about, obviously the six pillars, we're talking about uh, like stress, sleep, training, movement, mindset. And weight training has like a massive effect on all of those. So the more we resistance train and stuff, of course, we're going to start to use more energy up and we're going to need more sleep to recover. But I think when we talk and the mindset and the resilience and how that links in. So when we're creating um, sort of training and stuff like that, that we like, like you say, trying to you, you fail and you go again and you fail and you go again, you fail and, you go, and then all of a sudden you're successful which we always talk about when we talk about these overnight successes, but we only see their initial success. We haven't seen the, the 50,000 failures before. And, but weirdly, we never apply this to nutrition or the daily habits. And I know we said this is the training podcast, but if you get used to resistance training and you are failing and succeeding and failing and failing and failing and succeeding, then can you apply that to your nutrition? No one asked you to be perfect. No one asked you to get it hundred percent right week one. But are you learning for it? Are you continuing and going, I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to be better. Now, the weights look nice. They look exciting. You know, oh, look, heavy weights. This is fun to lift. Big leg press, fun to lift. You know, it gives people that sense of achievement, which is great. But what they, they, they only forget about those. They forget about the failures the minute they walk out the gym. And only remember the successes. How can we apply that to the rest of your life where you forget about the failures quickly and focus on those successes? And that just comes into a massive mindset. Like, I've had it loads of times. Carl had it like within my business, the amount of times I've had uh, client consultation calls or effectively you can call them sales calls or uh, like entering events or playing sport or asking a girl out and you get, and you get knocked back. And then it reminds you and you just always think about that or those people that like you post an Instagram picture and you're really excited with it. You get a hundred comments going, yeah, it's queen. And then all of a sudden one says <laughs> one shares it and gives like an insult. And that's the one you focus on it. Like, but in weight training, we don't do that. We always focus on the wins. We walk out and we tell people our PBs, not our failures. And we can just apply that to day to day. Like, yes, it's effort. Yes, it takes uh, a certain mindset, but it's one we've all got. It's one we can all use. Yeah, exactly. And there's something that's a valuable point there. The, the gym is there's something for everyone in the gym. Like weight training and any stimulus related stuff can be tailored and scaled to you. So wherever you are, I've, I've got a few clients who have got disabilities um, and like we can still train and they, their mindsets to it is, is amazing. Um, and they make me so proud when they, they actually do it. Um, so like anyone can train. You've just got to make it specific to you. And as long as it's progressive, you'll, you'll get that result and, and uh, you'll get the benefits of it as well. So what, how do we make sure then that we're always progressing our trip? that was good wasn't it how do we make sure we're always progressing our training so as coaches when we're in sessions we'll be writing down notes on on uh, weights lifted by clients sets reps and stuff like that um it's something actually i'll admit early in my career when i was my first year or so i'd write a session and not really track anything and it was only as i started understanding training and training volume and stuff like that and progression that i was like why aren't I doing this? This is a massive disservice. So I track all numbers with clients. I take as much data as I can because I can see a lot with it. That, that saying what gets measured gets managed. So you need to know your numbers with, uh, with um, training. 
especially weight training. And um, there's a big a researcher in America called Brad Schoenfeld, uh, Schoenfeld, and he does a lot of research on hypertrophy, which is building muscle tissue. Um, he's one of the leading researchers in it. And he talks a lot about now there's a lot of research on total volume. So the amount of load lifted um, in a session or over the course of a week being a very big determining factor on um, skeletal muscle growth. Um, so the only way you're going to know this is if you're tracking your sets times reps times load lifted. So there are three things you need to be looking at together to start understanding your total training volume per week. You can do per muscle group, you can do per session, you can split it how you want, but that is how you start looking at progression of numbers. So if you're, if you, for your clients or your clients themselves are not tracking their numbers whilst they're training, are they training or exercising? So from, in that perspective, it's hard, unless they're going to feel like they're working out because everyone thinks they're training as hard. It's in, until you've got the numbers in front of you, you can't understand, or if, unless you're doing it on heart rate, um, you can't actually know if you're pushing progressively. That is as simple as, simple as that. And so then by, by our initial definition, when we use a comparison, if you're not tracking your numbers, you're exercising, not training, right? Because you're not being progressive. Now, that yeah, definition a, will be different for everyone. So we're not yes. saying because you don't write your numbers down, you're not training, you're wasting your time. Some people will track or will train and not track and they will be lucky enough to be pushing that volume. But not, we're leaving a lot. It's like driving from John O'Groats to Land's End without sat-nav, right? Like you're just, you, you're pressing and guessing. You're not actually sure. Are you being developmental? So early doors, you'll be progressive because it gets easier, but you're very quickly going to hit a plateau without having the knowledge to to push on right yeah 100% and I know there's always going to be caveats to every scenario people put out and sometimes in life just turning up to the gym is is like the the biggest challenge you'll get and like I'm 100% for that we're talking from a progression point of view so out of that scenario if you've not got the data in front of you you can't understand where progression is coming from okay so if I track my numbers so I track my numbers for clients and it does pain me when I see people not because I can see you've come in. I can see you're training hard, but I can see you're wasting five sets every single session by dropping down because you can't remember what you did. Every single, yes. like, so it does pay me, pain me to see that. But what if I'm tracking volume and my volume goes down and there's a reason for it? So it could be menstrual cycle for the ladies. And so they could be in their late luteal phase coming into menstruation so that, that they're struggling or... Yeah. It could be an injury, like so a gammy rib or, you know, maybe I'm just really tired. I didn't sleep well, and, but I've tracked my volume and I can now see my volumes drop. Should I, do I leave that session disheartened or no. what? So this, this is where the, 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 the data is giving you the facts, right? You know that your volume's down slightly. So you might not get that progression you wanted, but you've got the volume in. Right? And, it, and this is where it's circumstantial. If it's time of the month, um, then decreasing training volume, if for you for that reason, is that's okay. You've got the and you know the data, so it's like that thing of you're not always going to increase weights in the gym, and this is where volume is interesting. Like your volume is not always going to go up, 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 because simply if that was the case, I'd have been lifting about 500 kilos by now on my <laughs> my uh, barbell squat, but instead stuck around 100, what, 120. What um, you mean you're not? Honestly, yeah, no, totally. Eddie Hall. <laughs> So, and this is where this, this thing is progression as human beings. We want to see progression. And this is where progression definition is interesting. So 
progression isn't always, especially when it comes to training, instantaneous. Like when we're talking about progress, sometimes it can be a year, two years, three years. Like when it comes to weight training, especially, like you're not just going to go in the gym and start benching 100 kilos. Could take you well into five, six, seven, eight years, depending on who you are. And there's various factors that go into it. That's just a, a blase quote there. Um, but yeah, progression, just look at your numbers. Are you progressing to where you want to be? Yes or no? If no, what can you do to change it? What, what, what are you missing out on? Are there areas of volume you need to push to and stuff like that? So yeah, make sure you know your numbers, track it because you've got data then and it can tell you, you can manage expectations, can't you? If you've dropped training volume, you're not, you might not build the muscle tissue you want, but at least you know that you can manage that expectation, which is a big thing. You're not going to train and go, I've not got massive biceps. Yeah, facts. And also if you're tracking your volume and your, your reps, sets and load lifted, and, and you're tracking it and you have a day down, you know, there's nothing wrong with writing notes down next to that to say maybe why. Did you only get three hours sleep last yeah. night? Do you have an injury? Yeah. How do you feel? Have you had a breakup? Are you stressed out your mind? Have you got loads on your mind? Like, what? what is it? Have those notes and give yourself the... So the, the volume gives you logic and science and numbers and data, but there is an element of emotion there. So there is always mm-hmm. a logic versus emotion, but we can put the two together and we can get the real story. So if you are having a tough session and it, it does feel a bit shit or whatever you want to say, but write down what that is. So like, for example, uh, what was it? What day we on Wednesday? So mon- Monday night, I didn't sleep very well at all. I think I had about four hours sleep. Tuesday session sucked. I got home from work Tuesday night. Uh, I fell asleep on the bed, not in the bed at nine o'clock. And I woke up at 5 a.m. for work. Like, And then I know I've got a train. So that exhaustion suggests that that poor sleep on Monday will have affected my training volume on Tuesday. Now I'm okay. I remember that. I understand that. But when I come back round, I'm like, Oh yeah. But if you don't, and then you can't understand why these things are happening, write notes, like leave a diary, leave yourself uh, clues, leave yourself breadcrumbs because there's so much that goes into it. And, And we always say like, it's not all or nothing. It's always something. It's kind of about making sure that you are, like it's long term we're not trying to be into like we're not trying to be eddie hall or anthony joshua whatever we're trying to be ourselves but we're trying to move along so having that data and that emotion and that logic all combined so you can understand your journey will always be the one that's more progressive Um, massively and it and that goes on to that next point where you just said right there are you and this is a question for people listening are you training too much? Like, are you doing six very rubbish sessions in the gym? Mm. If that's the case, and you literally feel exhausted when you're training and the, the volume you're training at is pretty terrible, maybe try and do three sessions, but of better quality. Do less sets, but at a heavier load. And then start tracking the progression from there. So then restart the process and then build the volume back up. Mm. So you might feel like you're going backwards, yes, but you're going to train a lot better because you're doing three decent sessions rather than six poor ones. Then you can get a fourth one in and then you can start increasing that volume. So sometimes you do need to switch it. Um, and this is just for people that if they're stuck in a rut and they're doing six weight sessions a week, doing chest arms, like trying to do that bodybuilder split and they haven't got the recovery in there, the capacity to recover or the nutrition's terrible and they're not sleeping very well, highly stressed. You just you're just basically getting some blood flow to the muscles and then walking out of the gym. That's, that's essentially what's going on. Cause, and that's a really fair point. And I think there's, we can talk about volume, which is again, rest time sets times load all as much as we like. But if you do five kilos 
a hundred times a hundred times a week that's loads of volume but if it's pointless and it's not hard work and it's not efficient then that element of wasting time comes in depending on who you are so if you've got some experience and you're just hammering volume and volume and volume but you're not being challenged you're not focused you're not you know you're not actually having to work then yeah is that volume also needs to be crossed with efficiency it needs to be crossed with hard work and if it's not hard work then that volume is probably substandard to where you need to be anyway um so trying to like reset it so a couple of my clients we're coming up next week we're going to move into a new training phase so it's also important to realize that even restructures of training reorders ways that we we structure our training split so like Kyle said are we doing chest and arms four times a week or are we doing two uppers two lowers three full bodies upper lower push pull whatever you want to say that will also affect your ability to track volume so we can have an idea of each exercise and we can try and keep the volume up but we might see that volume fall but into a new training phase that might still be more advanced keeps it fresh and kind of then we then we can start to look at what what's purpose and what's pleasure what what are we training for is it fun are you a crossfitter that likes throwing tin around and doing handstand walks do you hate training so you just want to go and do your three sets of 10 on every exercise and get out the gym like purpose versus pleasure now anyone listening to this i would suspect is after purpose but how do yes. we and and if you're not you're probably not really listening to this unless you're just doing us a favor because you're a friend like because purpose is the point of this purpose is the point of the healthy six all of our clients come for us for purpose not not really pleasure we try to make it fun we try to have a laugh we see how they are but actually we're in a results driven business so we're here to get results but more importantly we're here to get you results so kind of we talk about the training split and individuality of training programs but how do we structure training to be uh purposeful and bring us forward and get the results we want but also have a little bit of pleasure and i think that that's an open-ended question really like we could sit and come up with 100 answers yeah uh, and, I, and we'll go through some examples of course but actually it comes down to you as well are you you listening you as a trainer or trainee what do you find the pleasure of so when you train Carl you train quite different to me I think yeah so the two things I'll say here one is short-term thinking versus long-term thinking like yeah you might not enjoy the gym short-term in what you're doing but is if it's a goal, if your goal is physique based and body recomping, sometimes there's just stuff you've got to do just to get like the science doesn't lie. We're not reinventing the wheel. Sometimes you've just got to do certain things to get the result that you actually want. So is the long term anguish and pain of going getting bored of these few exercises worth the result? That's and that's something to, to weigh up. Um, and in terms of my training. So I heard a quote ages ago, train for everything. Be ready for anything um so i try and i try and do a bit bit of everything so yeah i do try and cover all bases i do like my heart rate stuff um i'm very i am i have to train like i it's part of me like i like getting my heart rate elevated at some point each day um obviously the break for the last 11 days was was good i hadn't had a break for a while um i do have one day a week off um but yeah i do so i do typically hit three to four whole body sessions um sometimes i will do a push um push pull or upper lower split um but then i'll always have some sort of 
cardio based um interval based heart rate stuff in there just because i, I want to protect the heart as much uh, as much as i can um so yeah I, I i train it all it depends what my goal is uh, for that time um but i do love a whole body session i love the full body whereas i, I can't stand a full body but that doesn't mean what i'm doing is more progressive than kyle or kyle is more progressive than i am because we both track volume and we both track sets and reps and load so the training splits that we've agreed with ourselves are still progressive so for me i operate on a push pull legs upper lower so i'm always doing multiple so for those that don't know what push is kind of muscles at the front of the body so chest press shoulder press triceps anything that pushes weight away from the body and then a pull is obviously the opposite and then legs now i train very bodybuilder-esque because i keep my like not cardio output low my cardio is fine i do cardio during the week but i try to keep any uh like impact off my joints reduced because i know come the weekend i'm going to try and kick a football around for 90 minutes <sighs> so if i train like kyle when i got on a saturday my joints my hips my knees my ankles they'd all feel a little bit battered and that would that would impair my ability to to play my sport whereas the way i, I gave up football years ago because i wasn't um, good enough <laughs> well i mean i'm not sure i'm good enough but we, we, <laughs> we persevere mate it just it's anger management that, really. Yeah, that's, that's how we met mate that is football how we brought met. us together what, that ele- is how we met 11 years ago down a b- yeah the legendary Beaumont Way. Yeah, the fortress. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So what what was that? Under 16 football we met. And here we are, what, 11, yeah. 11 years later? Mental. 11 Mental. years later. But yeah. So- it's in, and that's an interesting point, actually. Physiques and like the sport you choose. And this is what got me out. Not got what got me out of football, but I was very thin. I was very, I could run. My VO2 max when I was testing at uni was very good. Um, but I was only 58 kilos at the time. I was stick thin, no muscle to me, but I would, could run up and down a pitch for hours. And then slowly, because at uni I was playing like, I was doing two 90-minute games a week and training twice a week and then doing my weight training. Like, And my food volume at the time wasn't there. So I didn't build any muscle. I didn't build any weight. Um, and that's where I slowly dropped my football. And then I got to a point where I was like, football's not, not helping me build the physique I want. And you were one of the... First people to train. I remember at the gym because I think your brothers trained, don't they? And I remember being, yes. I remember at football, I remember you being one of the first lot to train and we used to do like bleak tests and stuff. And I remember you was always in that sort of top range, you know, where we'd, we had these, this horrible hill sprint as well. It was like, <laughs> we'd start at the Astro, take a run all the way up and then you'd turn right and you'd up this. Honestly, I haven't got the expletive warning for the words that I could use for this hill. And we just used to do it time after time. And Kyle will always be there first. But to be honest, back in the day, that wasn't me. Like, I didn't have that fitness. Um, and I'd struggle with it. I just got on the pitch. You know, I struggled with it. So it, it always goes full swings where now, like, things change. So Kyle would have been the fittest at football. Now, because of that different element of fitness, he would probably, I'm going to call him no. out, would probably no. struggle a little bit with it. No, yeah, I would. I'd, I tried football about four months ago, five months ago, five-side game. I was blowing. Yeah. So yeah, and then it's so amazing. It's amazing how the body does it, like adapt mm. to the, the stimulus it gives you. Give it. But then that comes down to the purpose versus pleasure as well. So Kyle trains very much for purpose and makes it enjoyable, whereas I train for purpose so I can still have my pleasure at the weekend and play football. So mm. I will always. So mine is built around one improving my physique or maintaining a physique if I'm not controlling the nutrition which provides me the value on a weekend. Whereas Carl seeks that value within the week, but not one is better than the other. That's just individualized training programs. Right. 
Um, yeah, massively. And, and it does change throughout life as well. Yeah, of course it does. Like anything. Yeah, exactly it does. And and then do you have to reduce volume? So I've got, I had a client sign up. I didn't know this at the time. He signed up about three weeks before his partner was expecting a newborn. So, oh, so I've written out this training. Uh, yeah, I wrote out this training program. I was like, right, we're going to do this. We can do that. We can do this. But he potentially hadn't thought about how that was going to impact his ability for output. Yeah. As soon as that yeah, happened, yeah. we were like closely monitoring. Only three weeks apart, his ability to now output regularly is entirely different because he's now a father, support system. There's more demand on him. But again, that doesn't mean his training program is any less progressive because he's doing less. How do we tweak it to make it more dialed in? How do we get more? How do we squeeze more out of those less sessions? Or what can we do with nutrition? What can we do with all of those things to make sure that we, you know, we are progressive? And it, it's that simple. And that's where the, for those that, that don't have much time, that's where whole body training, those sort of splits, peripheral heart action training, whatever you want to call it, GBC training, that's where that was derived from, limited time, but more more um, in, intense sort of training uh, because you can get the volume in across the body. Uh, that's where they come from. Did you say GVT? GV, uh, GBC. What's that? Not GVT. Not, I was going to uh, say. German body composition. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say you're about to drop German no, no, no. training. So no, the- GBC. Uh, so Charles Polypin, came, I, I believe he came up with the GBC sort of style training, the whole body method. Yeah, it's also quoted as being called peripheral heart action training as well, I believe. Kyle dropping knowledge bombs for days. I'm just going to end this podcast here and head over to <laughs> great joining you. Um, but there we go. So that's what I mean. I've been doing it. I've been training for probably properly seven, eight years. Kyle's been doing it 10. I've been PTing for three, four years. He's been doing it for a lot longer and I've just learned about more. So this is what I mean. He's talking about training splits. I've never even heard of. There's, but that's, that's, but there's so I, many of them. Yeah, you are. Yeah, and also, but like anything, I, I'm I'm always a I'm always I like being a student. I, I learn off you. I've learned off this podcast. Like, and that's that's the value of having two coaches in the corner, isn't it? Really, you've yeah, got two sets of, of brainwaves coming coming across, and that's why I like doing this, uh, especially with yourself. We've come from the similar similar background, so we both learn off each other as well. And I think that's and that's really important for you guys to notice as well and listen to is we're happy to be vulnerable and state that and that goes to show how much stuff there is out there that we don't need necessarily, but also how many options you've got to make it right for you, because some people will be better off on that, but just being vulnerable and sort of seeking that help and support could be the difference between achieving your goals and not. And that's, yeah, that's huge, isn't it? And and that's, awesome. and I guess that's why we're doing this is because there's so much rubbish on the internet. I won't drop the S bomb, but there's so much, so much rubbish on the internet that people listen to or watch and it's just utter garbage and it's overcomplicated it's v shred get fit because you're an ectomorph or it's (laughs) cut carbs and go to the toilet and drop all your weight i don't know like take this slim fuck like everything sold with this real get quick or get fit quick scheme it's all a sale and i think that's why we kind of put this together and it's probably why if we if we rebranded this the abs in 60 day podcast we'd have a thousand more subscribers 100 but we haven't because it's not real and we're not selling we're not selling this big solution this amazing one step solution we're selling education and we are going to be selling structure i mean i say we're selling no one's paid me yet so i don't know what's going on but 
Nah. But we're giving education, we're giving structure, we're giving support to for you to understand and to not be kind to yourself because you probably do need to do more. I'll say it, you probably listening to this, if you're not where you want to be, you probably need to do more. Yeah, and you probably need a bit of help or someone to oversee it. Yeah, of course. And I think that's that's kind of what we're here for. Everyone needs to do a little bit more. If I wanted to get a bit more ripped, I need to do more. If I want to get bigger, I need to do more. But I don't need to go on and fucking V-shred because I'm a mesomorph or an ectomorph or an endomorph. And I certainly don't need to take slim fast pills and fat burners. And again, it always goes back to everyone's going, they sign up, well, what supplements do I need to take? None. Eat some fruit and veg. Eat the, bit of pill swallow, the bit of pill to swallow, you need to work a bit harder. Oh, yeah, basically, I kind of get on with it. Like, it's not, and I think that's kind of why we're talking about this training is we're not here to give you the training program right now. That's not what we're here for. We're here to tell you that it's a lot simpler. Find your purpose, track your volume, track your data, apply your emotion if you need to. If you're having a bad day, a bad week, it's not a problem. So you're aware of it. But at the end of the day, if you're tracking your volume in training and next week you do one kilo more, or I often refer to it as a bit of a formula. So if you've done 10 kilos for 10 reps, we say that's 100. And if we do that for three sets, we just say that's 300. Now that's not set. I'm not saying you've lifted 300 kilos, but it's a bit of a formula. So if you've done 300 today, make sure you do 310 next week and then 320. And then if you suck at 320 for a week, next week, 330, it's fine. If you're driving that progress, you'll support your training. Um, and we, we obviously track our data. So we track our clients data and everyone should be tracking their data in the gym. You probably track your body weight. You probably track your calories and you use it to make adjustments and your training's no different. So it's kind of how we would do it, isn't it? If we, when we sort of bring out what we're trying to, what we're really excited to release and get everyone listening to this in the best shape of their lives, we would be working around data for progression and helping support you through the emotional side. So it's two central pillars, right? It's like emotion and logic. The, the two primary drivers. So, um, so the logic and the data is what we, we tweak and we manipulate. We manage the emotion. We support the mindset. And it's what we do with our clients. You know, Some clients walk in and we just turn them back around and we walk straight back out for a chat instead of a training session. Sometimes that's where the value is. That's where we do. That's what how it works. We manage that. But at the end of the day, to achieve the results you want, we track data. We give you an overview of that. We give you the support of that. We, we educate you around that as we've done today and even more personally with a training program built for you to push you forward. And that, that's the idea. So that, I suppose that's a little bit of a teaser really, isn't it, Carl, in terms of what we're looking yeah. to release next and, and how we're looking to drive people forward is personalized training programs. And I do mean personalized. I don't mean a cookie cutter because you're a woman and you're a man. I mean, personalized training programs to support you go forward and, and to support you to go forward, sorry, alongside the nutrition and the habits and stuff like that, right? Yeah, and uh, I'm very excited to do it. It's something we've been working on for quite a while. Um, we put both our brains together and I, I think you've got two of the best coaches in around the area um, and also two very upcoming coaches. Um, so catch us now while we're, we're <laughs> while you still can. Yeah, um, indeed. Um, so there's no there's no set date on it is there there's nothing that's something that we're looking to release we've got an idea behind it it's we're not going to release anything until we think it's perfect but if you are interested in the idea of being coached by the two of us and you are interested in the thought of you know 
the kids are going back to school and you want to start getting back to your fitness and you want to start changing your life, whether it's your Christmas parties, entering 2023, believe it or not, as a new person with new confidence, new resilience, a new posture, the ability to run for a bus and jump up the stairs and you want to look damn good and feel damn good naked, then if you are interested in that and you want to be kept up to date as the details release, then just drop us a message again. doesn't matter if you DM us, we'll add you to the list and you'll be one of the first ones to know when we do release it. But it is coming and it is coming fairly soon, but we're not going to release it with bugs. It is going to be pretty much perfect from the first release. Yeah. And it's going to be very, it's going to be very different as well. Um, there's going to be a lot of added things that I think will, will spice it up a bit. So we, we're looking forward to uh, delivering that. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, um, so, yeah. So we then had a few FAQs. Um, from you guys, some stuff we get asked quite a lot, to be fair. Um, so should, do you want to do the first one? Uh, so it was shock in the body. So this, <laughs> this I should have probably mentioned this when I was slating all the other Instagram catches, to be honest. This is something we see all the time, and it's a quick sell, and it's basically a disruptive Instagram post. So you are doing your three sets of 10 or your four sets of 12, and you're following the same training program for six weeks. Now, what that does is that provides purpose, but maybe a little less pleasure. And then some idiot on Instagram goes, let's shock the body. You need to shock the body for your muscles to grow. And it's just, we're not walking up to the squat rack and then dropping into 10 push-ups and your chest like, what? I didn't know this was happening. Like, that's not how the muscles grow. Shocking the body is maybe the biggest load of rubbish I've ever heard. Yeah. And if you're not consistently progressing, then you're doing nothing. So if one week, and let's say I train, I don't know, four times a week and I just do a different exercise for a different muscle and I never progress because I'm always learning a new technique, then I haven't shocked the body into growth. I've underworked the body into stagnation. Yeah, it's a marketing tool. It's a very clever marketing tool. Basically, someone's gone, this actually makes logical sense in terms of you're going to shock your body to get results, but it doesn't actually scientifically work like that. Like the theory makes sense. You're going to shock your body. It sounds really powerful as a marketing thing. We're going to do something really different for your body. So it's guessing and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't actually make sense. Like progression. Like I said, Brad Schoenfeld, biggest researcher in hypertrophy. It's all about volume. Like yeah, shocking the body does not yeah. make sense. Yeah, he's great. Also, if, if you're going to run over and check him out on Instagram, Ben Carpenter's a great one as well because he debunks yeah, the myths and use scientific studies in words that I understand. A little bit different. Yeah, he's words. good. Obviously, Kyle's done all the uni stuff. He understands all the studies a little bit more. But if you're a bit more like me, maybe a little bit more practical and all the studies just blow your mind, then Ben Carpenter's great because he takes the studies to debunk the myths that you see on social media. But he makes it in, he puts it in layman terms very, very well. Um, so check out those two if you want to kind of get, if you find yourself, I guess if you find yourself falling for it or questioning it, I don't know, maybe you're one of our existing clients and you wonder why we're not shocking your body and shouting boo at your laps, then those two will probably support you a little bit as well into kind of understanding maybe why our training sometimes may be a little bit boring or it may be a bit repetitive, but it is for a reason. Um, I love that. Shout boo at boo your laps. laps. Yeah, sure, <laughs> mate, like, Halloween pending, mate, I'm telling you. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> it, it, honestly, you can just see I'm at the end of my tether with it. I've been in the industry for four years and I want to bang my head against the wall. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> another one that we get all the time is like, and I mean, you've heard this a million times and this isn't one we specifically had for the podcast, but I've been asked it many times. I've been 
I've been told it when I when I've had female clients sign up mainly, but it happens hey, as well. This morning, first have on this client morning? I trained. Yeah, yeah. We, we literally just said I don't want to get too bulky. We haven't like, even mentioned the question yet, and Carl's off mate, by the way. Mate, I, I do you know what I said, do you know what my response was? I've been weight training for ten years and I'm not bulky yet. Uh, every time, mate. Every time. <laughs> it's yeah. So the question was about. I don't want to be bulky. Should I strength train? And we hear it more often than not round women. We will also hear it from some men that maybe think that their goals are not think their goals, but their goals are maybe sport based or they're worried about getting too big. I mean, I wouldn't mind being too big. I don't know how it works when you're natural, but um, like you say, (laughs) we've been training for a combined 20 years nearly. And we both wear the same large t-shirt together probably um so there's not an awful lot of bulk that comes easy so i've been trying to get bulky like it's not it's not a thing is it like no it's, it's rate, not- and if scientifically uh, i said to her look if we look at rate of progression for weight training in terms of building muscle tissue if you're growing at a rate of 0.25 kilos to one kilo a month one kilo is like that's a very lucky thing if you're gaining one kilo a month of muscle, maybe at the start. But let's say someone's gaining 0.25 kilos to 0.5 kilos a month, which is for, is about right for someone. Over 10 months, you've only gained two and a half kilos of muscle. That's new, not very noticeable. New wardrobe required. Yeah, that's <laughs> like that's like a little extra bump on the old bicep. Yeah, indeed. And, and the reason we wanted to mention this is because training is, I think... I don't know about you. I look around the gym and I, and I, thankfully I am seeing more and more ladies coming in to train, support their lifestyle and stuff like that. But I think primarily when we look back 10 years ago, maybe when we first started, you'd go to the gym and, and there would be a solid 10 to one ratio of men to women. Like yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, men would outnumber women in the gym. So there's always this fear of going to the free weights area or in front of the mirrors. And I, and I deal with this all the time. Still clients are trained for six months. You give them a new exercise, you teach them, going to do that in the gym they're intimidated by the section the people the fact that she's a lady like and, and that she she shouldn't be doing weight training and stuff but so we really wanted to mention that that bulky women don't want to be bulky should our strength train is massive and i think something that we missed out on this that we can touch on now and this will turn this faq into quite a long section is when we are looking at training there are three main modalities of resistance training you've got endurance which is always going to be the slightly lighter weights but for more reps that is going to build your muscular capacity to strength train to resistance train to do more reps now it doesn't help you tone up please don't say that lighter weights and more reps is not a toning tool toning is still a process of building muscle and losing fat then you go into hypertrophy hypertrophy whatever you want to call it because it's got four different names that is the process of building muscle that is a separate one in its own right. Now, we want to build muscle, but when we talk about strength training, actually, we're going to talk about slightly higher weight still and even less reps. They go, they work all together, but doing strength training specifically where you're doing 80% of your one rep max for three to four reps, all that is doing is helping you lift heavier weights. That does not build muscle as well as if you drop down. So yes, it does. There's no cutoff date like, oh, I've done five reps only, no muscle being built here. That's not a thing. But the more weight that you do with the less reps, then that's not going to build muscle. And likewise, the less weight with the more reps where you're doing 15, 16, 20 reps and all you feel is burning, but you're not hurting. It's not like a real big struggle to do. Then likely that you're not going to build that much muscle either. So there are sweet spots for it. So when we talk about resistance and strength training, that isn't, 
bodybuilding as such. Yes, we're trying to build you a better body, but it doesn't mean five drop sets, three triple supersets, 14, I don't know, warm-up sets. That's not the case. We're building a body. We're building endurance. We're building a better posture and structure. We're giving you suitable lifetime sustainability exercises and a body. So be mindful that although we think we don't want to get bulky, we could go and strength train and I could put you on 80% of your one rep max for five reps for the next three years. You're not going to build muscle, even though you're lifting heavier weights as if you dropped the weight a little bit and was doing in the eight to 12 ranges roughly. Yeah. And I think that that's a very valuable point there is you're training for something. Now, when it comes to training, you can't overstimulate. So you can't be getting strong, getting super lean, getting really fast, getting really fit all at the same time. Like everything, there's always something we're aiming for in each, let's call it phase. Like each phase, you're trying to aim for something different. Um, and that's obviously something you can talk about to your coach individually and stuff like that. But train for the purpose. What is your purpose? And make sure your plan, your program is aiming for that. Yeah, Definitely. And then the last question is, is how will resistance training help my sport slash running slash cardio? Massively. If you run, if you're not training your glutes in any way, which is the, the most powerful muscle in the body, um, you're essentially yeah, not going to be as fast as what you could. That's any, any power sport, any, anything that's accelerated based, getting super strong glutes. Like look at, 100-meter runners, they all have very good glutes because they're so powerful. Yeah, because they're so powerful in that region. That is where speed is coming from. So, um, yeah, like you can then talk about injury prevention. You can then talk about force absorption. So a lot of things now, these over toe guy on social media, basketball. If you're jumping a lot, you need to be able to absorb force. Um, so weight training. To jump as yeah. well, right? What weight training is contact sports as well like so it's it's quite easy to sit and talk about leg resistance training to support your yep. running cardio so like you say glutes for power hamstring for horizontal speed quads for uh vertical power and like you say force absorption handling load lunges and stuff like that in terms of stability at ankles but also and cricket training upper body right so if you're playing rugby then you don't want to be legs only you need that you need that resilience. You need that support and structure to your joints. If you're playing netball and maybe you're chucking out chest passes, you might want a little bit of chest and tricep power. Like resistance training will kind of do whatever you want it to do, right? Like if you resistance train for fat loss, it will do that. If you're resistance training to support your uh, football career or like you say, tennis or horse riding to support your posture. I trained a, a horse rider before and she she specifically said to me about posture and stuff like that. And we worked on a posture and she was really struggling in competition. She come back and she won her first competition after we started training because we supported her structure and her posture. So she could sit in a position that the judges preferred for her to be in. So will it help your sport? Yes. Will it help running? Yes. Will it help cardio? Yes. Will it help your life? Yes. And that's something valuable actually to think about when you're on social media, looking at some influencer doing a session Think about what they're actually training for. Is it the same as what you're training for? Mm. Like, I think we're caught up in this world now where something will trend on social media and you'll see everyone doing it in the gym. And I'm like, why are you doing that? They're like, because this person's doing it. I'm like, yeah, but they're a bodybuilder, probably on a lot of performance hearts and supplements. Can you take the volume that they're taking? Potentially not. Is it beneficial to you? Most likely not. So 
what's the relevance so yeah it's just about questioning your motives as well um as to why you do certain movements um and are they are they benefiting and and that's that's the same for everything though isn't it you see an influencer eating uh i don't know clear whey protein and telling you it's btas and shit like that like it's it's about what you want to achieve it's not about what they're doing don't get me wrong influencers will provide lots of value that's why they get paid so much because they're putting products in front of you but you really need to do your due diligence whether that workout is what you should be doing if you've got a coach yeah and you're doing an influencer's workout just stop like talk to your coach if you want an extra workout if you're bored of your workouts if you need a change like if you've got one use them influencers are doing a workout for them and if like i don't know a a prime example here is you get a young and i'm gonna i'm gonna use female because i think there's more of them in there and i think they're better at what they do you have a young female influencer who's in great shape probably trains hard works hard eats well and they're doing a home workout you know they're at home they're doing this supposed hit workout and they're doing jumping jacks plank jacks jump squats and then you get 40 year old Anne do it who's got a terrible pelvic floor because she's had three kids and she's she's pissing all over the floor and gets lower back pain yeah it's like like the influence hasn't thought about you Anne. that's what coaches are for that's what your ideas are for that's what your brain is for doing things for you i fell for it i had a client when i started pting full-time in the first lockdown full-time right and we were doing at home workouts and i was desperately trying to make some money because you know i'd been made redundant and I had a client sign up and she was a friend's wife. And I was like, right, we're going to help you lose weight. And I'm amazing. And this and that. And I've got doing jump jacks. And then three minutes later, she walks off the Zoom call. Like, Where have you? Because I didn't think about it. Because I just did an exercise for exercise sake because she didn't have any equipment. So when we're looking at these things, when we're being influenced, we need to understand, does it actually apply to us? Is that us? You know, we all get sponsored ads on Facebook. I get them about a hundred times a day from Adam Haley, online trainer education, who basically <laughs> has a has so a background has a background for Dubai and his wallpaper, and he's going to sell me online. And I'm just like, you don't apply to me. I don't like. I'm a one to one trainer. I have some online business. I've done my education. I've done it through different sources of M10. Like, if I just fell for every sponsored ad, you'd be paying to listen to this podcast. Like, I sponsored that the other day. It was only fans. Was it? I mean, I get it. For, Look at you. for, fit, for fitness. No, for fitness. Um, so they're trying to get fitness professionals on only fans. That'd be an odd looking bicycle seat, wouldn't it? <laughs> that'd be an odd looking bicycle seat. Um, anyway, that has taken a very weird turn. I think that's a great place to leave this episode <laughs> is on only fans. And I don't have one, but apparently Carl will have one up and running in about two weeks. Um, so when we get his link we'll send it out but um, kind of guys that's training and it's probably a little bit shorter than ones because there's so many different variations and effectively training is a progressive exercise program designed for you that is training if it is not progressive and it isn't designed for you then probably could do better finish on this track something is it working yes cool carry on can we progress it? If it's not, what can you do instead? What can we change? Yeah. yeah. Guys, thanks for listening. Remember to share it. Share it to your stories. Save it. Kyle, Instagram handle is? Uh, Kylo Sullivan PT. He's struggled there. And mine is at Travis Brown Coaching. Drop us a message with any questions. Remember, there is something big and exciting coming. It is big. It is exciting. It will be released soon. And that's all I'm going to give you. 
If you're interested in dropping some fat, having a personalized training program, not an exercise program, a training program that's progressive, you want support with nutrition, stress, sleep, mindset, and all of those pillars, and you want to really nail it and, and you know enter 2023 in the best shape you've ever been, then make sure you drop us a message with the Healthy Six and we will be sure to share the first details with you. Guys, thanks for listening, and we are out of here.